This one is in charge of like human kindness and benevolence. So this is like if you see an old granny crossing the road, for example, you're like, oh, I want to help her out. That's that's your hun sort of coming out and being like, I see this person can help. Like I can help this person and be kind to this person without needing much from it. I just want the act of kindness that all sort of comes out from the hun that's stored in the liver. Welcome back to the Forever Young Podcast, a Chinese medicine podcast hosted by Chinese medicine graduates. We release episodes every week on a Thursday, and if you're new here, feel free to subscribe or follow us to keep up to date with our uploads. I'm Brendan, and I'm joined by Charlene. Hello. Nick. Hey guys, how you going? And Timmy. Hey yo. This is part, I think, nine. <laughs> Lost count. Sure. Yeah, we've lost count of the series, but if you haven't oh, listened to the count. previous I've episodes... Oh, oh, oh go, go. Uh, no, no. Yeah, keep going, keep going. <laughs> this is uh, part something of our, um, of our introductory series, and if you haven't listened to the previous episodes, make sure you watch the other episodes to keep up to date. Um, and what the series is, is basically uh, we get take a deep dive into little basic principles of uh, Chinese medicine. Um, this week, uh, we're taking a we take it into another deep dive of organs. I don't even know if that's grammatically correct. Um, and we break them down to the basics. So before we go talking about this organ, it's important to understand that, I say this every episode, the Chinese medicine perspective of organs is a little different to the typical science-based uh, Western medicine perspective. The organs uh, are seen for more than their physiological function and their structure in our field. Um, they all possess a Chinese medicine function, which are sometimes in line with the Western medicine function, but sometimes aren't, which can get a little bit confusing to wrap your head around if it's your first time kind of exposing yourself to Chinese medicine. Um, all organs have a pairing organ too, where one represents yin and one represents yang. And today we're going to be talking about liver and gallbladder. Liver is yin, gallbladder is yang. Liver is in charge of the free, uh, liver. Sorry, is in charge of the free flow of the qi and blood, and it's really important to cover, as it's a pretty commonly affected organ in our everyday lives. Um, but, like usual, before we jump into it, do, can we give a little rundown of uh, Western medicine of uh, the liver and the gallbladder? Yeah, I was just going to throw in, uh, <laughs> while modern medicine seeks to unveil the mechanisms behind the violent <laughs> symptoms, it's <laughs> all that is unknown. That's where TCM can help. <laughs> <laughs> That's, so, so we mentioned this in our last episode where uh, uh, I think Charlene did the introduction last time and it, oh, yeah? it was the first time my script got read and then I was like, oh my god, the first time my script was read was in... What's uh, when Charlotte read it, and then <laughs> and then now that you're reading your own sort of introduction, which is fine, yeah, it's totally fine. But I'm just like, ah, back to back to my script being neglected again. Ah, uh, uh, <laughs> I didn't know you all wrote that for this. Uh, <laughs> nah, shout out the thing to is, Tim. when I say it, when I say it, because my because it's so it's so well written to the point where if I read it, it just sounds so out of place. Like, because okay, <laughs> as no, you're I, I basically like saying, if 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 I I do my intro, because if I say, if I read yours, I will sound so wait, I, like my mine is basically a dumbed down version of yours. <laughs> still funny. It's still funny. <laughs> for me, for me, easy to read. Yeah. No, Anyway, I, I like it. It's so poetic. No, it's, yeah. it's different every time. <laughs> the, <laughs> That's great. 
the Western medicine of the liver and the gallbladder. Uh, the liver's function pretty much is to filter the blood uh, that comes from the digestive tract. This also detoxifies and uh, metabolizes drugs and stuff like that. So that's pretty much the crux of it. Um, anything that you're putting into your body that needs to be metabolized, such as you know Western medicine drugs or Chinese medicine medication, um, gets filtered or through alcohol. the liver. Yes, or alcohol or any other sort of um, <laughs> uh, substance that you wish to. <laughs> okay, I'm getting tired okay, of flashbacks. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Um, this, yeah, this thing then therefore goes through the liver um, and gets metabolized and puts back into the system from there. And the gallbladder secretes bile into the digestive system, which helps break down fats and um, other hard substances. Beautiful. I just want to just like insert right here real quick. I've missed you guys. Uh-huh. Like I haven't talked to you guys in such a long time. And I know. Socializing is not a big thing right now. It's you know? true. It's very true. So it's, yeah. It's good to be back. Good to be back. Welcome I, back. I was, I was uh, MIA last week. Um, yes. Due to circumstances, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> did you Did you have a good birthday? Right. <laughs> was... I had a fantastic birthday. The morning? Look. I could, I, could, I could trade in that morning for another one. Yeah. <laughs> Charlene calls me at like 9.30. She's like, hey, you coming to record? And I'm like... It's like, no, no, it's okay, it's okay. You you rest. Sorry? I felt so bad when you picked up the phone. I was like, oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) This is not going to happen. Look, I would have... I would have... I would have laughed at myself a little bit too, um, to be honest. I I just remember just like... I was just like, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not recorded. I, I don't, I can't get up. And then, and then Charlene's like, okay, nah, don't worry, it's okay. I'll see what the boys want to do. Um, I'll see what the boys want to do, and then I'll just see how we go. And thank, thank you for that because I didn't, I was just in bed the whole day, just doing nothing. It was mad. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think this episode is perfectly relevant to that. So relevant. <laughs> so relevant. Especially um, all the all of our uh, found hangover cures. It's also very relevant to this, uh, which we'll. I just want to we'll, mention. We'll get to. Uh, while we're still on the Western medicine topic for liver, I think it's just liver is like one of the most remarkable organs on the Western med side. I would say, like, it takes on like the main brunt of like all the like processing all the crap that people eat. And if if part of it dies, it can always just regrow back. I think it's like if you have a third of your liver or something. Yeah, like you if, can like function on a third of your liver dies, or something like that. Yeah, and it grows back Whoa. or something. That was yeah, it's got like regen um, function. It's it's, it's pretty a cool. Big boy too. And it's uh, yeah, it is, and it's like heavy, um, like the, yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, throw back throw back to biology class. Oof. That's it. Mm. Alright, no, that was a very nice Western medicine description. But let's go into Chinese medicine a little bit. Can we have a lowdown of the Chinese medicine side of it and elements and that? Yeah, so the liver is associated with the element of wood. And as B mentioned, the pear organ is gallbladder. 
It's associated with spring and the east, and the emotion it's associated with is anger, and it's connected to our tendons and the eyes, and it has the the taste or flavor is sour, and it's also associated with wind normally, and the liver likes the ascending function, if that makes yes. sense. Yeah, I've always I've never really associated it with the ascending function. Is that a function? Sorry, or like aspect? I think no, it, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm not saying like you're wrong, directional, course. directionally. Like the usual flow of makes, the liver. Is yeah, really how upwards. like lung is like descending, and then um, I think liver is an ascending type mm. of organ. Yeah, and that's 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 really cool. Um in terms of like uh, using a diagnosis and that um, if you're looking at a lot of ascending uh, if you're ascending type things like uh, not directly involved but things like acid re- reflux and like shortness of breath and that um, I find that really cool um, yeah, or even was... sorry or even what? like when you get angry because um, the emotion with liver is anger and how you can feel like your face get red or your eyes get bloodshot <clears throat> and all of the blood just kind of rushes upwards. So I kind of associate it with that type of function. Hmm, that's, that's so true. Um, it's funny that like anger is like the emotion of choice of liver because I would have, I don't know if it goes really, I don't know if it's called an actual emotion, but stress itself tends to be the biggest like player when it comes to liver um now you, you did you discuss sorry i i, I might have missed it did you mention the chinese medicine function of liver no because okay. i meant to <laughs> you mentioned no it no, no 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah i did i did it very briefly no, i hmm? uh, sorry i was just going to mention on that stress um bit i think it comes back to you know all this is like an old science um, you know, back when Chinese medicine was first being found and they were, you know, talking about what uh, emotion relates to which organ, I don't think stress was a thing. And I think it's been, you know, it's it's, it's sort of something you feel but not something you write and it's not something that's translated across from Chinese to English. You know what I mean? I feel like it's something that's, that anger is probably more, associated with liver in terms of emotion but stress is more of the feeling i think stress is more of the mental state and i think in the classics because we just read one of the classics it's more about like unburdening your mind rather than like being in a state of stress if that makes sense i think stress is very much a modern concept as nick was saying yeah, I think that's I think that's where I was trying to get at as well. So, but it, yeah, it's definitely you know it's we think of liver and we think of anger and stress, and they're sort of not really the same. <laughs> no, I, I can see I can see where like the correlation comes through because it's like uh, anger is kind of like the almost like the outburst or the um, the external manifestation of stress in a way. Someone someone can interpret stress from the outside is anger because you know, you know there's all the other yeah that's right it's like frustration and irritability 
yeah, frustration. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly where I was going to go. So when it, when they talk about anger, it's like the yeah the uh, what they see on the outside is mostly anger. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's it's super it's super cool. I'm, I'm curious um, to find out why you say that. Like, did they not have stress as much back in the days when they were like discovering this sort of things, or like, is it more relevant now? Is that why? they didn't really discuss it back in the days for the classic literature. No, I think like what Charlene was saying before, where it's like un- unbinding or unburdening your mind or something, um, it's it's sort of like a different thought process. You know, like I like I come coming from like a Western side. It's like you ask your parents like, oh, you know, I'm feeling really stressed. Like, what should I do? And they say to you, what have you got to be stressed about? You're a twenty year old, you know, that's got lives at home, you know, has a job, doesn't have to pay rent. It's like what's there to be stressed about? You know what right. I mean? Right. Right. It's it's yep. like a different mindset, I would imagine. Yes. And okay, like, I get you. Know, you know, you ask like you ask like the older generation and it's like, well, you know, the stuff that they had to live through, it's like, well it's it's stressful. And, like, looking at it, it's like, well, Jesus, like, I know a lot of people that wouldn't be able to live through that, but they just look back on it as like, yeah, well, that was just life. Like, you know, that's just how I had to live. And it's not, like, a stressful thing for them, but it's, yeah, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah, also, because you mentioned about the classics, the comparison to now, I think back then they thought they didn't have the name stress. They just had, oh, you have these certain symptoms and this is how we're going to rebalance the body. Whereas now we have this term that is stress um, and that, yeah, that goes back to what Nick was saying. I think it's developed over time and we've put a name on it whereas back in the classics back when they were writing all this stuff um i don't think it's mentioned as much i could be very wrong here but i think from what we read recently i think there's less emphasis on stress and more on the um symptoms actual symptoms yeah Yeah. the like physical manifestations or like psychological manifestations yeah that makes sense Mm. to me (laughs) Just a like going by Google, yeah, nice. going by Google, like the term stress <laughs> oh, no. didn't start to yes. be like really prevalent uh, until like nineteen the nineteen hundreds. Like it wasn't like it was a word in literature, but it wasn't really used until yeah. about the nineteen hundreds, and then peaked in like nineteen eighty five. Uh oh! Wow! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> stress peaked at nineteen eighty five. I can see. I can see, like, maybe people interpreting stress as prolonged, um, a prolonged feeling of that sort of emotion, like prolonged anger or prolonged uh, frustration and mm. things like that. Um, and maybe that's how they first interpreted stress at first. So, but they put their emotion, anger, frustration, all that first before they put stress, because I think maybe they started realizing the physical manifestations of stress, like we were saying earlier, mm-hmm. maybe. Anyway, so shall we get in into the? F- oh, oh, go Tom. Uh, I was just Wait. gonna. Wait. I was gonna just say, like, what does stress do to your body from like a Chinese med sort of viewpoint? Now that we've mentioned oh. how you feel and like the state 
your mental state? Like, what does it actually do to your body? From the oh, oh, should we link that to the first liver function that mm-hmm. we're going to talk about? Yes. Yeah. All right. So, um, the liver, one of the main things that we look at when it comes to the liver is uh, the free flow of chi and blood. So, the liver, go- the liver governs the actual flow of the chi and blood, and usually when there's a liver dysfunction, the chi and the blood don't move very efficiently through the body. Um, and the, ones, the one clear sign uh, that we usually see with uh, a kind of not liver damage, like Chinese medicine-based liver damage, is the lack of free flow of blood and chi, and which is shown by fatigue and like kind of like a, like a heaviness of the body kind of thing. Um, you, you'll get that you'll get that with a lot of people who are in a stressful situation and they're not like very motivated to go outside or they can't go for a walk. But if once they go for a walk, it feels a little bit better. Um, so that's one of the things that stress does to you. Um, stress attacks the liver. Sorry, I should probably explain. Stress attacks the liver. The liver can't function very properly and the free flow of chi and blood goes down. So then that's where you get your kind of like your lethargy and your fatigue due to stress. Um, so that's one of the things that stress does, if I can link it to what you said, Tim. Yeah, what what else? What what do you mean by free flow of chi? Like, is it like the circulation so, of chi in the bloody or like, yeah? Yeah, I, elaborating on what B was saying, the liver helps helps the chi move around all the bodies, oh, all the bodies, all the body, and, <laughs> Me and to my each other organ. Body. Yeah. That's it. All in your, oh, you and all your friends. <laughs> <laughs> One liver, three friends. Anyways, um, uh, yeah, it, so it circulates the <laughs> to all the organs as well. Uh, and make sure all the organs have uh, the, you know, the correct amount of chi and making sure that everything's sort of happening properly. Um, you know, similar, similar to like... Um, like a, uh, traffic lights, you know, just sort of making sure things are running smoothly. And then when that liver is affected, um, that causes chaos and havoc and other organs can be affected, you know, especially the spleen, like we talked about in the spleen episode. When the, when the liver sort of goes a bit chaotic, um, the free flow of liver chi and the free flow of chi in general just doesn't work. Um, it doesn't get to the places it needs to be, like the spleen, and then the spleen can't be nourished and, you know, give the body that postnatal chi, that that nourishing chi that it gets from food, and that's why stress can play a big big aspect on the digestive system as well. So you know that that liver sort of that anchor in the body that sort of just helps distribute and make sure everything's running good, um, and yeah, when you're affected by the stress or the anger, everything goes a bit. Haywire. Yeah, for sure. And when it goes haywire, I just want to mention that it causes blockages. So the chi can't flow properly and um, there's either chi or blood stagnation. And this reminds me of, you know, the movie is Inside Out. Uh, we should just be sponsored by Inside Out. <laughs> and then <laughs> and then it's like, you know how the memories go through the tubes and like go to their like allocated places? The liver meridians are like that and they're like, chi is like the memory, like traveling oh, along the tubes. And it's like, do you remember that bit where they just took one bit out or they like 
just messed it up and then all the memories just piled up in that one spot it's kind of like that if your liver's not flowing properly and then you get a blockage somewhere and then you just turn into that like little angry man you know the emotion from the movie that's like nick that's it what not even Uh my liver is smooth as can be my liver smooth like a baby's butt (laughs) <laughs> Just like your brain, right? <laughs> so oh, good. Uh, yeah, I, so I, good. I think just on that note as well, I think liver um, often s- softens the chi as well as a big part in why it can make it so, so sort of smooth and flowing throughout the body. So like, I guess if you haven't seen Inside Out, it's sort of when Nick mentioned the traffic lights and how liver makes sure the traffic lights, everyone's functioning properly in the highways. And if the liver's not functioning, then you have sort of like traffic light problems, which is going to cause accidents. Hence, all the stomach aches and all the digestion problems as well. I thought it was interesting. You said softens the chi. Mm-hmm. Can you can you elaborate? I don't, I don't think yeah. I've ever heard it as softens the chi. I was thinking that chi. too. So yeah, yeah. It's Im- imagine if you're... Imagine there's like cars on the traffic way... Uh, on like in traffic on oh, the traffic way <laughs> sorry I think it's called the roads yeah that's true so <laughs> excuse me so if if these cars imagine all these cars are trucks and there's just tons and tons of trucks it's very like long robust sort of like chi blocks the liver's there to sort of like break them up and like rather than just tons and tons of trucks that could cause blockages or slower sort of traffic flow, it sort of, like, softens them up and, like, imagine breaking a truck in two. I know, I know it's so weird. they become cars? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when you cut a truck in half, it becomes a car. So it just sort of helps so with the chi so it's not too tense and restless because chi tends to be more of, like, the, the young aspect where, where it wants to keep moving around, keeps wanting to, like like move but when it's too big and too chunky that's when the liver's there to sort of break it up and be like hold on all right you can go now and then they, they sort of like smooth smooth things out i kind of um does that make sense I use the uh, I, I think i think of it as the analogy yeah, of like a smoothie so it's like yeah um where you like chuck things in like if you have a broken blender and you chuck all your fruit in it's going to be all lumpy and stuff. And then when you try and drink it through a straw, it's going to be like all cloggy and stuff. So it's not going to, it's going to clog up the straw on that. No bueno. So then when you have a good blender or when your blender is working properly, AKA liver, it smooths out a little, a lot more. So then it's able to pass through that straw real good. That's the kind of how I imagined it. I kind of mm-hmm. imagined pasta at first and I'm like, how does that work? I can't explain <laughs> that. So then I just changed the smoothie. <laughs> I'm hungry. Apparently. <laughs> so moving on to um, some other aspects of the liver, the liver also stores the blood. Um, you know, we t- we often talk about chi and blood together, but the liver stores the blood, which is produced by the spleen. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And that that, that relationship is really important. <laughs> yes, that relationship is so. very important. Mm. Um, and we always talk about it. And you know, that was sort of half the reason we decided to do this introductory series was that we always talk about the liver and the spleen and 
you know, these relationships, but we never like break it down like this. Um, so yeah, the liver stores the blood. Um, is, is there anything else that wants to be said about that? Um, well, I, I wanted to add to that. Yeah, oh. go for it. No, no, no you no, go no, for no, it. No, 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 you go for it. No, no. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? Uh, I usually, I usually look, look at that type of stuff with a lot of, um, menstrual type of stuff. Um, as a stuff twice. Um, but usually things like dysmenorrhea or amenorrhea is something I look at when it comes to that type of thing. Um, amenorrhea could be a lack of blood. Um, dysmen- dysmenorrhea could be uh, not this, the lack of smooth moving through the blood. Um, the which lack is of obviously, smooth. Yeah, I know. <laughs> lack of smooth. <laughs> which, like the words coming uh, what, out of your mouth. The lack of smooth. Yeah, words... <laughs> w- look... It's it's two it's I know it's ten, but it, I'm still half asleep. That's true. I'm telling you, it is the weekend. Like, you're right. It's fair enough. If you're looking at my eyes right now, they're, they're at default about this much. Normal people, me. I haven't slept. <laughs> I didn't sleep last night. Oh no. <laughs> oh, Charlene. <laughs> but adding to the blood conversation, um, so the blood anchors the chi so it's also involved in that moving um the circulation of the chi and so the blood comes back to the liver and is stored at the liver at night so during the day when you're moving doing physical activity it's kind of flowing around the meridians and supporting your activity and then when it comes to nighttime and you're in your yin phase it comes back to the liver where it kind of stores overnight Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think it's especially relevant for women because of menstruation. And when you're looking at any sort of aspect like B was talking about, it's like if they're having menstruation problems, the first thing you want to sort of look at is like the kidneys and the liver because of the liver storing the blood function as well as the circulation. Yeah, definitely. Um, and also while we're on that, that topic of the blood there's also another aspect that's called liver blood um which is which was sort of like really i don't know pushed over and then sort of all of a sudden comes up especially when you're talking about like acupuncture and then it again comes up like clinically and it's one of those things where like you get a case and it's sort of like a bit all over the shop and then somebody mentions like liver blood and have a look at that and you're like oh what the heck is liver blood <laughs> And you're sort of like, oh, all right, let's just like tonify the liver blood. Um, but does Someone anybody have like liver blood? Yeah, <laughs> Nick, what, what the your, heck is your, liver blood? Yeah, what's your what's your interpretation? Because I've got my own idea. By well, let's hear that, B. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you tag team that bus throw. Just that's it, dude. <laughs> hey, I'm not going alone. Hey, B, you come in. Hey, B, this is you. This is your right. tandem. No, I got you. That's right, my mm-hmm. stop. Well, um, yes. um, I think uh, I, I think really like really simply, um, the liver needs a degree of blood for it to actually function. So, um, like for its own nourishment. So, and when we talk about liver blood, uh, we see the liver function kind of go down a little bit. Good English, Brendan. Um, go down a little bit, and or. Um, or just a lack of blood in general, kind of like 
that's where I see liver blood. I guess because it stores the blood. Yeah. <laughs> What's and the difference between think, blood and liver blood? Sorry, I, Nick. I think the 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 biggest thing is the the function. Um, well, for me, I know that like liver blood, like does a lot for more for the tendons and the muscles, um, and that's that's sort of how I see liver blood. Um, whereas like standard blood in the body is you know doing more of um, you know circulating n- nourishment around the body and helping that chi, you know that chi blood relationship. Whereas like liver blood is nourishing the the sinews and and the muscles, um, and this is why, you know, sometimes you can get, like, twitching and, or, you know, you get a lot of, uh, joint, or, like, ligament problems, rather, um, yeah, yeah, that's right, and, um, you know, sort of, so then, clinically, I would go and, like, treat the liver blood with, like, a liver eight or something like that, um, and that's sort of, not to, like, sort of undermine my own way, undermine my own knowledge, but that's sort of as far as it goes for me. Do you have a better, do you have more information, Tom? Um, I, I would sort of say, like, the difference between blood and liver blood from what I've read is that, like, so blood is, like, normally it carries all, like, the nutrients with it. It's the stuff inside the cars when we talk about analogies. But liver blood, uh, from my understandings, is it has that functions of the liver with it. So... It's there to smooth out the chi. It's there to chop trucks into cars. It has that function. That's why it can help for menstruation when you're tonifying the liver blood. It's because there's not enough blood to that area because you want to help the menses sort of clear out and smoothen out so there's no pain or stagnation. And the same thing for what you were saying as well, Nick, where it's like if I have like tendon pain or blood's not flowing to that area, that's causing a lot of stagnation, hence pain. Um, liver blood can help a lot for those sort of sinews, tendons, and all that sort of pain related as well. Yeah, that makes, I feel like that's the that same. makes perfect sense. Yeah. I feel like it's the same thing that we've kind of talked about all the time. When we talk about heart blood and that too, it's like the blood that's required for that organ for it to actually fulfill its function. So I think I was trying what I was trying to get at before, but words. It, so, it, <laughs> makes, it makes a lot um, of sense when you think about it like that because it's like when you put on like liver blood or heart blood, you're using that the liver as like an adjective. So it's like it's like blood that has the properties of liver or blood that exactly. has the properties of heart. I never thought of it that way. I thought of it as like like when you think about um um a spleen young chi and you know like you think of it as like well this is sort of different to young chi in itself. But I never really thought of it as like that is the the liver's function in the blood. Yes. It's like the men and it's the king's men. These are yeah. the people sent from the king to mm. protect us. Yeah. I really ho- I really hope that so- that like hits ho- home for somebody and somebody's sitting at their desk or something and they're like <gasps> wow cuz yeah, that's me, how dude. I feel right that's now. Me. <laughs> that's me. No, that's me. The way you said it as like an adject- adjective, I'm like, huh. Mm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Words. I actually make no so idea. much more sense. Those words. This is what um, I read as well. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Continue. Um, I sort of wanted to shoot onto the the soul aspect of the this 
podcast because um, we're just running out of we're running low on time and we've had a lot of banter. <laughs> ah, time time <laughs> deficiency. I see. We're gonna make up for one week's worth. Uh, yeah. Um, so quickly, um, I'll touch on the soul aspect for the liver while Nick coughs his lungs out. Um, the liver stores not the corona. Wood. Uh, that's what they all say. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the liver stores the hun or the non-corporeal soul. So this one's a lot easier to understand compared to like the kidney and all the other souls. This one is in charge of like human kindness and benevolence. So this is like if you see an old granny crossing the road, for example, you're like, oh, I want to help her out. That's that's your hun sort of coming out and being like, I see this person can help. Like I can help this person and be kind to this person without needing much from it i just want the act of kindness that all sort of comes out from the hun that's stored in the liver any questions oh, was that it <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, i can explain a bit further so now I, no, I was just gonna say i was gonna say <laughs> it's really interesting because like when you think about your mood when you're stressed or angry you know that is that is the emotion of the liver you really don't want to help people and you really, you're like, well, who cares? Like, it, it's me against the world sort of thing. Um, and I think that's really, yeah, that's really interesting. So when, you're, when your liver's good and you're sort of in balance, you're more likely to be like, oh, I'll just help them out of the goodness of my heart, you know, out of the goodness of my liver. Uh, it's, yeah, that's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um. So I feel like in every Chinese medicine aspect, you should always be like, what's the excess? What happens if this is an excess? And what happens if this is in deficiency, right? So the good thing about Chinese med is that all the souls have an excess and a deficient side as well. So in the excess sort of side, normally what you see is exactly like Nick sort of said, where they're sort of like, like they're angry all the time. They don't want to help anyone. It's um, definitely not helping too many people. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yes, exactly. And I, just like how we've talked about that anger sort of emotion that you feel, that like, screw the world, I'm so pissed off, that comes from the hun and then that acts out from the liver. So like, you know how when you have liver young uprising from the anger, that's from the hun being like, Whoa, bah, and then it comes out of the liver and that's how it like affects the other organs. Um, yeah, so that's that's the excess, what you sort of see. And the deficient side of the hun is normally when you see a patient who's lacking in self-worth or the ability for like self-esteem and self-assertion. So someone like who's always timid all the time and lets other people go first. It's like, oh yeah, no, no, please, after you. Or like, ah, oh, I'm not worth that much. Like that sort of self-worth is all coming from the hun. Uh, that being said, this is like, Everyone has that sort of middle ground, like we always talk about. So tend, some people tend to be more timid. That's normally due to like, that could just be their default. But to bring it out, you could tonify the hun. Yeah, but um, I was going to mention, well, I was going to say on top of that, when somebody's been hurt or damaged, um, and you can see that they've gone from somebody that's quite assertive or somebody that's sort of that middle ground, um, and then 
drops all the way back um, to somebody that's very timid, somebody that's very reserved. That's when you can sort of see that that when that hood needs to be tonified, and when you got to really like look into the liver and the emotional corporeal or the non-corporeal side of the the soul. You know, when there's that change, um, huh. um, another like just the last tidbit on the hun. So, it's also has a lot of um, contribution to how one deals with pain and how how sensitive one is to pain. So, do you know how like pain is caused by chi stagnation, right? Like there's a blockage and that causes the patient pain. Um, if the person has a lot of blood within them it will help them to it will help them to not tense up or has the capacity to deal with the pain itself so like they're not gonna like buckle over and be like ah ah, you're like killing me they'd be like all right i'm feeling this pain but i'm coping with it and that's normally because they have a lot of blood exactly and because they normally have a lot of blood within them and their hun is quite strong from that aspect Thanks, Tom. That is cool as hell. Yeah, I feel like he <laughs> really enjoys those segments. I do, because it's not like nothing, like you don't get taught that in uni at all. No, and you really like don't. So many, so many relatable aspects about like life and that, um, that I, I, don't, I don't know how the, the, how the listeners feel, but me being a listener for like a, that couple seconds, I'm like, damn, okay. Cool, 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 I cool. feel like it really makes more sense knowing about how these organs, um, how these organs function, and you know we all have a, quite a deep understanding of of how they all function together and and like what they do in the body, and then to come back to how the soul works and how that plays an p- impact on the functions, and it's like the underlying like reasoning. Um, and it really like solidifies sort of well, my knowledge about it all as well. So yeah, I think it's a really it's a really good aspect of like base knowledge. But it it it's really nice to see like now that we've like know more to come back and talk about the soul and how it works. Um, yeah, really really helps. So thanks for these thanks for these bits, Tom. Hundred percent. Question. Question. How did how do we feel about like going back to really bare bones? How do we feel about um, learning about the liver? Because I, I found it pretty okay. Because the liver was for some reason the probably the most easiest to understand. Maybe second to like maybe uh, what was the other one I really liked? Kidney. That's it. I really liked I really liked learning about the kidney, but. The liver was very a lot easier to understand, a lot more so than the heart or spleen. How did you yeah, guys find f- it during uni? I feel like the it's easy to understand, um, like sort of coming from like a uh, Western med point of view or or like a no TCM knowledge point of view, um, that your stress has to affect something. And when you're stressed, everything goes sort of chaotic and you just feel like shit and you can... You know, it's easy to find something to blame, um, and, <laughs> and yeah, it's easy to find something <laughs> to blame. So, so once you like put a name to that, you sort of like click to that, and it's like, well, I know when I'm stressed, it's going to be my liver, 
and sort of every all the other pieces fall into place. Is how I feel. Yeah, I like that too because like the stress. Uh, we we went in. We have a whole episode on it. Um, there's so many aspects of stress, and you're right. Like when it comes to, um, oh, you right there, Nick? Yeah, all good. <laughs> um, like stre- the stress is so uh, almost like such so powerful. It affects so many things that it can't just be some sort of phenomenon. It's like, and it actually affects something like the liver. And then when, when I learned about the liver, I'm like, oh crap, yeah, no, no, that it attacks the liver, and that's why you get this and this and this. It made so much more sense because like a lot of people neglect that aspect of it. Um, just for the last sort of ten minutes, shall we talk about the gallbladder? Because this is actually one of the it's actually fairly important um, young organ. Yes. Um, yes. Let me just quickly mention that the liver rules the tendons and manifests in the nails, and it opens the eyes. Okay. Next. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> In-depth views. <laughs> Breaking them down to basics. <laughs> yep. All right, carry Do, on. Carry does anybody on. have um, a rundown of what the gallbladder does? It stores bile and sends it to the small intestine for digestion and it aids in digesting fatty foods. Um, it's also responsible for like decision making so in the classics it's referred to as the judge and a normal functioning gallbladder um, means that you're able to make decisions if your gallbladder is deficient then you tend to be a bit um, indecisive and a bit timid as well and shy which is super interesting when somebody's had their gallbladder removed uh, I know three or four people that have had their gallbladders removed um, at quite young ages too, like in their 20s. And now that they're sort of a bit older in their 30s or 40s, they're all very indecisive, all of them. Um, yeah, which is, it's it's like, wow, crazy. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's it's quite important for that decision-making and that sort of executing decisions. Um and yeah, being that judge of being like, well, should I do this or shouldn't I do this type of thing? Um, and then actually doing it is... I, I think You look like you're edging to say something, Tom. Uh, no, no, no. Yeah, I've, I wasn't until you mentioned it. But uh, <laughs> now that you mentioned it, I just want to say that like the gallbladder is the judge, but the one who does all the decisions, like it comes up to your brain and like, oh, I want to do this now is still the heart, which is the emperor. That's considered the but king. things have to emperor. go through the judge before the emperor. Like Exactly. Y- you sort of you, you sort of never go to the emperor directly and be like, oh, I've got this problem with my with my cattle. You know, you go to the judge and be like, hey, judge. <laughs> We're going back my to cattle. the old days. That's it. My cattle's been eaten by dragons, man. What am I doing? Oh, no. <laughs> Don't go to Daenerys. Well, she'll, kill, she'll kill the whole kingdom. Oh, Hence why you don't go to the emperor, mate. You go to the judge. <laughs> oh, <that's true. laughs> so how I sort yeah. of see that is like the judge, uh, the gallbladder is the judge and the heart is the attorney to be like, uh, yes and no to the decision. So if, if there's no judge there if, or if the judge is um, a potato Weak. or a clown, yeah. 
then it's like no part, no decision's going to be made because the judge isn't there. There's, there's no judge. The analogy didn't stick. Sorry. The analogy didn't stick with Charlene. <laughs> imagine, imagine you're in court. You mentioned potatoes and she was like, all right. <laughs> so, all right. You know how the judges I'm have... clowns. Never mention clowns, oh, sorry. please. The, the potato's an analogy for, for an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> or, or if you have an, an analogy, actual potato, in an analogy, in an analogy, like imagine you're in a courtroom and you know how they have the white wig for the judges in the in like America. Imagine that on a potato. And you're so nervous, you're looking at your hands, and then you look up and you just see a potato. Exactly. And then you're like, what? Who's going to start the court? The court is never going to be in session. Yeah. Some some dude and then comes you get up and you're like, sentence. <laughs> And then you get up and you're like, sorry, potato, I didn't mean to do it. <laughs> and the potato's and like, yes. yep. <laughs> so confused. What? So I'm being judged by a potato? Yes. Is I that what you're saying? It off. <laughs> My judge is a potato? Yep. Is this why I'm oh, so indecisive? Yes. Your judge is oh, a potato. You have a potato for a gold butter. For a judge? <laughs> yeah, you have a potato. <laughs> 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 How, do you guys? I yeah, no, no, that's fine. All right, I'm done. I'm done. I'm out. <laughs> no, it's so good. I love this. This is so good. We're talking, we went from liver stress and potatoes. <laughs> well, I mean, I eat a lot of potatoes, so it kind of makes sense that my yeah, gallbladder is processing all potato. Yeah, same. And then you know, look, I'm in it. Booze is made out of potatoes, and booze is no good for your liver. That's full circle, mate. <laughs> alcohol causes alcohol causes liver cheese stagnation. It's a potato. <laughs> and and uh, <laughs> that's when you become the potato podcast. That's it. Full Let's circle. sign it off. As always, thank you for listening to the Forever Young podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and join our discussion page. And, and I hope you've had as much fun as us, and you will hear from <laughs> us next time. Bye! Bye. Bye. Bye.